And a big part of the Natural History Programme, which we both worked on for BBC Radio 4, was people writing questions to us. And we're going to answer one of those now. It's only taken us 30 years to get to this, but you have it there, haven't you? Well, yeah, do you know, unfortunately, I haven't got it, but but I do vividly remember it because it was such a beautiful little letter um, in the middle of a busy week. And it's sort of one of those things that, you know, there's some moments that arrest you and you think, gosh, uh, you know, that's really important. And uh, it was a boy who probably must have been about eight at the time. And he wrote, do spiders sleep? That's all it said. Great question. Do spiders. Yes, a big question. And it was written in spidery light writing as well. And, uh, <laughs> and, of and course, yeah, I kept a, it with me. Yes, he's about 30 years now. Can you remember his name? No, I'm afraid not. Probably I wish not. I could. Well, well maybe, maybe they'll reveal themselves. They'll yeah, know who they are. Yeah, they'll know who they are. So we're going to answer that question, but not until the very end of the podcast. So if you're, if you're listening, uh, mystery boy caller now, 38 approximately. Uh, we do have the answer to that, but we're going to tease you for a little bit longer. So, uh, we we both decided to talk about sleep because we've experience of watching animals sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll have a few anecdotes to put on our podcast today. But it, what a strange thing to do when you think of it. I mean, the definition of of sleep, or one of them is that we lose and animals lose consciousness. Um, uh, and that's not a very clever thing for an animal to do, is it? Especially one that can be hunted and eaten. Well, it might be at certain times, but what's interesting is that we're all uh, prisoners of our solar system, and we uh, live on a planet that revolves 24 hours a day, and we have more or less tuned into the cycles of the solar system. Uh, That's because we've evolved here. Yeah, and uh, just by way of a tease, John, I pulled some stats um, out, and uh, so here are the top five sleepiest animals in the world. The koala bear is the most sleepy. It sleeps for 22 hours a day. The brown bat for nearly 20 hours. The giant armadillo for 18 hours. A python around the same. A tiger around 17 to 18 hours. And a lion about 13 and a half hours. Um, and here's the, the, the top five least sleepy animals in the world. The giraffe is the most or the least sleepy. It, it takes 1.9 hours. An elephant about two hours, that's the African elephant. An Asian elephant is, is nearly four hours sleep. A horse is 2.9. Cow, 3.9. Grey seal, 6.2. And of course, I should think we should throw us in there. Humans, um, we usually need about eight hours sleep. Although if you're a baby, that goes up to 16 hours sleep. We've, we've both had babies. You've had two babies or your wife has. And my wife has had four babies. And I think we can probably both attest to the fact that it depends on the baby, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, so are you a koala or a giraffe? <laughs> well, I'm an anomaly, John, as ever. Um, I think I used to be one of those people who needed the eight hours sleep. Um, as I've got older, and this generally tends to be the trend, you don't need as much sleep. Although, um, just to throw that slight anomaly in, I have um, a sleeping disorder called uh, obstructive sleep apnea, where the throat closes over as you sleep and and continuously um, wakens you up and it's it's actually quite a, a dangerous condition and I remember before it was diagnosed um, I would practically fall asleep uh, in my chair um, at night or at the desk during the day embarrassing in work um, it's very dangerous to to be sleep deprived um, you 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 kind of lose all mental facility and faculty um, and after it was diagnosed the treatment is is a thing called CPAP continuous 
positive air pressure machine, so I sleep with a mask at night and it keeps my throat open. And I now get my six, seven, eight hours sleep and, and you know, three or four days after I started the CPAP and lost my my delirious um state, uh things were restored. But it did impress upon me as an individual the importance of sleep. It is incredibly important. And do you feel a lot better now? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I've been using that mask now for eight or nine hours. But I guess, um, I mean, I've been researching this as have you and looking at the, you know, why do animals sleep is the, is the big question. And there are there are various theories about that. One, one is, you know, to uh, restore your energy at the end of the day, uh, let you digest your food. Of course, in humans, where, where a lot of this research has been done, John, there are various stages of sleep. Uh, rapid eye m- movement sleep is where uh, people are observed in chambers as they sleep and and you can see that their eyes, although their eyelids are shut, their eyes are moving rapidly. And when you wake somebody up in the middle of rapid eye movement sleep, you find that that is where they are dreaming or remembering that they're dreaming. And I can talk about um, my dog, uh, Buddy, who definitely has rapid eye movement sleep because I can see him some days and that can be accompanied by jerking of his limbs and moving around and and whimpering as if he's either chasing a rabbit or being chased by a tiger you know yes I know it's fascinating to think of what other mammals dream I think a lot of animals dream uh I think more than we realize uh although probably fish and reptiles are different in, in some ways but uh all these creatures and in fact they found that the lowest of creatures, even single-celled things, sometimes show periods of inactivity, uh, have got some sort of a rhythm. I think circadian rhythm it's called, isn't it? Which is yes. a daily rhythm. Yeah. And uh, and that's really uh, fundamental to life. So animals can be diurnal, uh, where they're active during the day, and nocturnal, where they're basically active during the night. Well, let's start at the bottom. I know of an interesting study that was done in 2017, which was about um, jellyfish, of all things, sleeping. There's this thing called the upside down jellyfish, which is a, you know, you know what a jellyfish looks like, but uh, it, it, as yes. the name <laughs> implies, it's upside down and its tentacles are at the top usually. Um, and it's, they're kind of white. It looks like a fried egg almost. And, um, so, uh, at Caltech University, this was in California, they, um, did some experiments. They rather suspected that even jellyfish might have a sleep pattern. And what they did, uh, three students was to wake up jellyfish in the middle of the night because at, at night they're on the floor, these upside down jellyfish, and they just put them into the mid water column. And, um, they found that when they did that in the middle of the night, it was slower for them to go back to the seabed than it was during the day. And uh, also they found at night their pulsing was slower. So they had about 39 pulses uh, uh, during the sleep pattern and the 60 during the day. So they, they showed that they had some things which were fundamental to sleep, even in the jellyfish. <laughs> uh, question, how do you waken a sleeping jellyfish? Well, these things, uh, uh, as they're on the, on the seabed. And, uh, so that's where they're rest, resting. You you, well, you, you pull, you take it off the seabed. Yes. You, you, yeah. they presumably did it in an aquarium yeah. and they pull it up. They also did another experiment where they, they put water over it. Um, so presumably being kind, not a very strong jet of water, but enough to, to disturb it during the night. And they found that those jellyfish that they'd done that to were groggy in the morning and still had a low pulse rate. They, uh, if they left them alone for 24 hours, they'd recover just like we do if we get too tired. So 
all the things that happen to us happen in a jellyfish, which is extraordinary, really. It, it is. I, I can't say that I would really be able to tell the difference between a groggy jellyfish and an active jellyfish. Uh, but sure, that's whether, you know, the researchers became specialists in that, obviously. Um, well, you count the pulses, count the pulses. Is it probably one state? Don't pulse as much. <laughs> Oh, research, research into the biological world, eh? Um, two general rules govern uh, the amount of time that animals sleep. Um, and I think our listeners would probably not be uh, surprised to know that they fall into roughly uh, two categories, uh, herbivores and carnivores, animals that graze to eat, sleep less than those that hunt and can eat a big uh, meaty meal in, in one sitting. And I, I, uh, we both have experience of this. I know you're going to talk about whales and fish uh, in a moment, but let me just um, reminisce about one of the programs that I made for BBC One. It was Africa Watch. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, um, a live television safari. Uh, from the Natural History Unit, BBC's Natural History Unit. And, and my job was to take a jeep and sit out um, uh, on the plains and observe animals and talk about them live. And uh, over the course of three or four days into BBC One and the Discovery Channel, by the way, um, we were following uh, a pride of lions called the Marsh Lions in the Maasai Mara. Um, and I think I have a figure here for how much lions sleep. It came off the, the table that I was using earlier. I think it's about 13, 14 hours that lions sleep. They know it can vary. Does it not depend whether they're male or female? Well, of I course. Think, I, think, I think the females do all the work in the lion pride, don't they? They do. Well, it's a very good hunting strategy, isn't it? Lie down and sleep after your last meal and wait for dinner to come to you. And that's that's essentially what lions do. They don't have to be up all night running around chasing. They certainly have their hunting periods. But most of the time, they're lying in the sun when it's very hot and they're digesting. And uh, one, of the, one of the curses for me uh, on this program, which was a wonderful experience, was being stuck through one entire, I think, 50-minute episode with the marsh lions and, and talking for for quite a lot of that time, live into BBC One and the Discovery Channel, uh, over lions that were doing nothing but sleeping and snoozing. I mean, I, I, had, I had to resort to talking about um, a bit about their anatomy and a bit about what I'd previously seen. Uh, and then, of course, also observing the hundreds and hundreds of flies that there are around them that persecute them. But if you think of, of from the fly's point of view, I mean, their muzzles after a big meal like that, they're, they're blood red with, with guts and the, 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 the juices of the viscera of the little warthog or whatever it is that they've eaten. And, of course, the flies love it. They're down there um, uh, sucking that up. They're probably trying to lay a few eggs deep into the fur. And, and thankfully, the cats are social creatures so that they 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 lick each other and and keep themselves incredibly clean but um let's just say it was a challenge to talk uh about uh, doesn't sound like prime doesn't sound like prime time television does it i mean (laughs) sleeping lines and flies no well (laughs) fortunately we could see them hunting as well fergus sorry can i just say that by the way i i read the figures for lion sleeping yes and i know that the, the the males sleep for almost 20 hours a day sometimes, and yes. the females are sleeping for that other figure that you were quoting. I think it was about 11 yes. or 10. Yes. Uh, so in other words, they're working incredibly hard hunting the females, as they yes. do in packs. Yeah. In, uh, and um, and the uh, male lions are, are presumably just coming in for the food, um, and their main job is to guard the pride and to um, mark the territory. Other males. Well, yeah, fight off other males, that sort of thing. But 
Yeah, it, it rather reminds me of human males and females. They will, of course, if there's a, a particularly large animal that they're going to bring down and, and the females are struggling with it, that the, the male will come in. But often at the very much at the last minute, when, when the real danger of being kicked or being speared by a couple of horns is, is over, they, they really do protect themselves and, and stay back. And although that sounds selfish in an anthropomorphic way, it's a very safe biological thing to do because, you know, once the, the pride meal, um, goes, that pride is very much vulnerable and the cubs are very vulnerable to other lions coming in and, and eating them. I was going to just mention, uh, giraffes because in our, in our top list of the five least sleepy animals, the giraffe comes in at the least sleepy at, uh, you know, nearly just under two hours. Think, think of that. Um, two hours sleep a day. Um, and some people say that they, they sleep standing up, although in captivity, they certainly lie down where it's probably a bit less dangerous and they, and they learn to do so. But two hours sleep is a very short time, isn't it? I think they also don't do it in one go either. That sort of, it's like little cat naps. If you can have a giraffe cat napping during the day, they, they sort of do that, I suppose, because they're vulnerable to predators. And so they've always got to be pretty alert. And I guess very, very vulnerable because while a lot of the smaller antelopes and smaller animals have a degree of uh, being able to be hidden by the vegetation out on the African savanna, a giraffe, you know, stands above the acacia tree so they can be seen for miles around. Yes, and I think the other thing is that it's a complete pain in the bottom to to sit down all the time. Um, and so uh, when they decide that they're going to sit down, I think that's a rare event actually. When they when they they as they you say they do it in zoos, I'm sure that's true. But probably in the wild, only the young are lying down very much, uh, as far as I've seen. And with big big gangly legs like that, it's not actually easy to get up. No, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've se- I've seen unfortunate giraffes uh, in zoos that have had done the splits and they can't get up. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of animals that apparently never sleep. Um, bullfrogs uh, apparently never sleep, and um, well, you, you do wonder sometimes how you actually measure this. And dolphins, um, although I believe dolphins, and you'll know more about this, having dived recently for Blue Planet Two, John. Dolphins, I think they turn off half their brain when they sleep. Is that right? Yeah, there's a technical term for it, isn't there? Is it hemi um, cerebral sleep or something similar? And the thought is that you've always got to keep on the go and be aware in the sea. And, uh, you know, because currents can wash you away from your friends or, uh, you know, you, you get predators. Uh, things like killer whales will go for dolphins. So you've always got to be alert. Of course, they need sleep like all mammals and, and other creatures, because they're trying to repair their body tissues, they're trying to recover, and probably in higher mammals, they're trying to organize their thoughts through things like the REM sleep. So they need to sleep, and yet they don't need to sleep. And the way they get around that problem is to have half of their brain sleeping at once, um, and then the other half presumably switches over for another cycle. Are whales the same, John? Because I know you've done a lot of filming of whales. Well, it's interesting. One of the whales that we filmed a lot for Blue Planet 2 was the sperm whale. And the sperm whale doesn't have this hemi brain sleep. It has a uh, full sleep, they think. And you know what? It was only really fully discovered in 2008 when a a team um, studying them came across them sleeping and they sleep vertically which is extraordinary if you look at blue planet 2 you'll see that the show on the on the blue ocean was full of sperm whales sleeping and they they look and we tease this they look like a 
a rock, a monolith standing in the water. And you don't really know what it is because, of course, you can't see its eyes. And the camera tracks around it. And it, it, it reminds me of that, those rocks in 2001, which were from another planet. And, uh, it's very mysterious. And then as the camera tracks around, it comes to where its eye is and the eye opens, you know, and that's a lovely sequence. But that was done by uh, a chap called Rene Jose, who, um, had studied them for six years in Mauritius. And you don't come across them doing that very much, particularly if you want to film it. Uh, in fact, uh, Luke Rendell at Aberdeen University, uh, who was the first person to write about it, found it only happening for about 7% of their time. So, you know, less than a couple of hours a day. So similar to the giraffe. I think they, some of them do it a bit longer. And when they do it is, um, after they've probably had a nice big meal, they, they eat squid. They go down deep to get squid. And that's quite energetic to, you know, the prats go down to half a mile to get the squid. It takes them maybe 40 minutes holding their breath. And after they've done that a few times, you can imagine they're very tired and that's exactly what they do. The, the calves are at the surface. They're still awake, uh, cause the calves have problems perhaps staying underwater as long as the adults. But you've got this 50 ton whale, perhaps, you know, which is as long as a bus standing vertical in the water and it can adjust its buoyancy completely. They're just about 10 meters below the water. They're actually just logging there vertically, perfectly still in the water. This huge whale. And holding their breaths, obviously, of course, because they can't, they can't breathe underwater. Yes, of course. So, uh, we think that they're, I think the longest they can hold their breath for at depth anyway is about, um, maybe an hour. And actually, there's probably a record going up to two hours, but comfortably 45 minutes to an hour. So they're sleeping bouts probably can't be much longer than that. Uh, but you know, there's, it's still with, so people are still learning what they're doing. And the, the funny thing is, and I think we saw it a little bit in the sequence that we did for Blue Planet 2 was that the, the calves who are active get a bit bored and they start waking their parents, <laughs> parents up just like you do with a toddler jumping on your chest at six in the morning, you know. <laughs> I've, I've seen that footage. It is quite remarkable. And, but it did remind me of a sequence that I've seen of coelacanths, uh, which were the, the fish that were uh, supposed to be extinct for 80 million years. And then, then in, I think in the thirties, they found a coelacanth that came up in a fish, a fisherman's net, uh, off the coast of Mauritius. But ha- having seen the coelacanths, which have now been filmed, they hang around, whether they're asleep or not, completely upside down, but they're just kind of hanging around as if they're chatting to each other. It's quite remarkable to see. Uh, was that at depth or was that in the shallows? Because if it was in the shallows, it was probably an aberration caused no. by them being brought up. No, no, it was at, at depth because they, you know, uh, this is, this was quite recently. I must, must have a look, look, look that out, but it's probably on YouTube. But no, they were being filmed for the first time in their natural habitat and, and this strange behavior of them hanging upside down or, or vertically with their heads down and their tails up in the water. Um, and three or four of them beside each other just drifting. It looked as if they were asleep, and someone has yet to explain that behaviour. Yeah. So well, what about uh, other fish, John? Well, other fish? Oh, I'll tell you about the parrotfish. That's quite interesting. The parrotfish, which is uh, they're beautiful fish. They're very highly coloured, and they live on coral reefs, and they, they eat coral, um, and uh, they, they're responsible for turning over a lot of the uh, nutrient in the coral reef. But what they do is is um, they sleep at night and you only see them active during the day. And at night they build this bubble of mucus, which they 
um, sleeping. They make their own sleeping bag. And this bubble of mucus, uh, you know, it's quite a big bubble all around them. Um, and the fish maybe is about a foot long, depending what species. But, uh, you'll see them just nestled into crevices and things in this big bubble of mucus. And they're protecting themselves from other, other fish. At night, sharks hunt. You see sharks during the day on a coral reef. They don't really do much. There's fish right in front of them and they don't eat them. And that's uh, because the fish are much more, when they're active, are much more able to get out of the shark's way during the daytime. But at night, the uh, sharks make full use of their fantastic eyes and their lateral lines and their uh, ampullae eye of Lorenzini, which is the specialist organ that they have in their snout, which is um, made up of, it's a really complex thing, but it, it's basically a very, very good sensing device for working at night. You have to be a little bit careful as a wildlife filmmaker, because if you spotlight these sleeping fish like the parrotfish in, uh, and cause them to move, the sharks pit, pick up on them straight away. And you're effectively, you know, giving that parrotfish a hard time. So you have to be careful. Yes, you're, you're signaling it as food for the shark. Yeah. Bit of a myth that uh, I, I think has been around for a while that sharks uh, never sleep because they can't stop moving. But there are, of course, some species of shark like the bobby gong that can lie on the bottom and stop moving. And presumably sharks like that can have periods of sleep. Yes, it is a myth. Uh, I remember in uh, Woody Allen's Annie Hall, there's a, a moment where he's trying to um, dump his girlfriend and, and he takes her to a cafe and says... Um, you know, I think our relationship is is like a shark. It's got to keep moving, or else it dies. I think what we've got <laughs> what we've got here is a dead shark. Revise that terrible thing to do. Terrible thing to do. But it kind of reinforces that myth. And actually, of course, I've seen sharks uh, of all kinds, uh, completely stationary. Some of the the bigger ones and some of the more open ocean ones might well have to keep moving. There's this thing. Um, I think it's it's basically a, it's called ram breathing, which is basically where they have to um, move water over their gills continually, uh, rather than having any sort of um, moving of the gills. Which fan, you know, some fish are, uh, move their own gills, and that fans the the water over their gills. But some fish are so um, big and strong and fast that they just need much more oxygen than that. Things like tuna and so on, certainly blue and yellow fin tuna, probably never stop because they just need to keep going to keep the uh, water flow over their gills. I don't know if anybody's done it, but I bet you even in tuna, there would be a sleep pattern where they probably slow down a little bit at certain times of day. Hey, what about the koala bear, uh, the sleepiest animal on the planet? Twenty-two hours of sleep, and in the two yes. and in the two hours that it's not sleeping, it has to feed, it has to um, procreate, it has to defecate, uh, it has to scratch itself, and then go back to sleep for another twenty-two hours. So the koala is. Um Probably. Is it a bit like the sloth where it has to uh, digest a lot of very poor food? Yes. And uh, it, so the eucalyptus, that I think it eats a, a few of the species. There's 700 species of eucalyptus, but it only eats a few. And only even you would are. know that, John. Only you would know there's 700 species of eucalyptus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure a lot of Australians do. <laughs> All right. Well, I, well I, I guess the koala's probably got a specialist for one or two. But, I mean, to be able to sleep for 22 hours takes some doing, doesn't it? It does. And basically, looking for food is dangerous because you're going to go out and about and you might bump into a predator. So once you've got your fill of food, you might as well stay still um, and therefore 
you know, the, uh, the koala is digesting those eucalyptus leaves when it's got, had enough. And so it doesn't need to endanger itself by continually foraging. And of course, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to talk about where animals choose to sleep. Let's start with the bat. Uh, the, the brown bat is, is, is the second sleepiest animal at nearly 20 hours. But of course, they sleep hanging upside down. Yes, I was reading that they have, um, cause it's pretty uncomfortable. If you, if you go upside down, you'll get blood going to your head and your arms will start aching if you're hanging onto something or your, your feet. Uh, but they've got some sort of mechanism in their, in their feet, haven't they? Which, uh, locks them in position and doesn't stretch their muscles. So that, uh, when they hang upside down, basically they're, they're, they're clung on. They don't have to think about hanging on to the branches. And, and why are they doing that anyway? Well, why are they hanging upside down? I mean, they could hang, they could hang the right way round, perhaps, or or be like birds on a cliff. I think the fact is that the um, uh, birds can launch themselves from the ground or from the water, whereas bats, be- because of the anatomy of their wings uh, and the way that they move in their hind claws, uh, they they can't do that. So it's easier for them to launch into flight from a drop position. That, that that's why they hang upside down. It's certainly wonderful to see them if you've ever been in a cave with lots of bats. And, and uh, of course, the person coming into the cave sometimes disturbs them a little bit. And then you see them leave there and they suddenly, they suddenly twist and, and go into flight almost immediately. Have you done that, John? Well, I've been in caves, um, with, uh, with bats, uh, not in those wonderful, um, guano filled, Apparently they smell of ammonia because of the amount of bat poo on the floor, mm-hmm. um, caves that you see David Attenborough go into. Mm, not something that I would want to do particularly. Uh, of course, a lot of the primates, uh, sleep up in trees. Um, the chimpanzees will make nests up in trees. Um, quite a lot of the monkeys, uh, sleep up in trees as well. Um, it's not that safe because, uh, some of the smaller monkeys can be preyed upon by snakes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I guess it's it's safer sleeping up there than on the ground anyway. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that's our ancestry. We probably slept in trees. And, uh, you know, the fact that actually, you know, even dogs do it. Dogs do that little circle. Have you seen them yes. when they go into their basket? They circle about two or three times. And what that is, is when they'd be in grass, they'd be circling. Uh, they're making their own little comfy bed. So what the apes are doing as well is making their own little comfy bed with particularly orangutans. I've seen do it, uh, with, uh, lots of leaves and, and then it's really quite sweet. They're kind of making their own mattress for the night and they, they clean the bedding material out as well because that presumably gets fleas and things in it. So they keep that clean. Even badgers keep their bedding material clean. As do humans mostly. I, I, I do sometimes when I'm, maybe getting into bed and I was pondering that the whole subject of sleep that think what a strange thing it is to do. Although we, we do it now by habit to, uh, go into a bedroom, uh, get into a bed, cover yourself up and deliberately allow yourself to become unconscious, um, and hope that you're going to waken up. It's, it's really a strange and bizarre thing that, that has evolved, isn't it? It is. It's also very enjoyable, don't you find? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, I bet you're like a slother. You really yeah. want to be a koala. 
I, I think you look a bit like a koala. Yeah. I uh, know. Thank you. Uh, but I was reading also that the, uh, the body temperature drops a little bit when you go into, into, into sleep. There's an optimal uh, room temperature to have. So to help you go to sleep, what you're trying to do is to, is to basically get rid of all your stimuli from light, uh, through the windows. And uh, if you have blackout curtains, that, that can make you sleep better. Yes. Uh, so you're trying to get rid of everything and then uh, deliberately, as you say, go unconscious. But of course, what's happening when you do do that is that your body is then diverting some of the physiological processes, uh, cleaning up stuff that it's had not not had time to do in the in the day it's also i think your your tissues start dividing and repairing about five times faster when you're asleep which is why in men your beard grows at night um and you know it can be quite noticeable in the morning uh whereas the same amount of time during the day your, your stubble doesn't grow i've noticed that i think my beard grows particularly fast because although i love to follow those rules of being in a, a blackouted room and cool temperature I sleep with a wife who loves an electric blanket. Very first world problem, but it definitely heats up my metabolism during the night. There's no two ways about it, and I detest it. One of the sources of the very few rows between us. So we're getting on to human biorhythms, and the fact, yes. what's interesting is our biorhythm is not 24 hours. You'd expect it to be, you know, in tune with how the earth turns and how day and night happens in, in at least tropical places where there's um, a, an even hours of light and darkness. Uh, but that's not the case, is it? But I mean, what is it about us that makes us need to actually go to sleep and, and have that rhythm of sleeping and waking? Well, I think we've got uh, little clocks in our, in our cells and in, in our body and in particular organs. I think the pineal gland in the brain, which also in some animals was involved with vision um and light is partly regulating it so light certainly has one cue but there's also an innate rhythm and there's this guy uh, called michael Seif, and he is a frenchman who i think he's now about 80 uh but in his life he spent three uh periods in a cave for many months apparently he did it first because he was a geologist and he wanted to look at, uh, at caves and he was he found this uh, alpine glacier which is underground and he wanted to stay with it to see what how it moved and he stayed with it for a couple of weeks and he camped there and then he realized that actually what was more interesting than the glacier was what was happening to him and so he thought oh I'll stay here for another couple of months he must have had enough food supplies and support to do so and really strange things happened to him he uh, had a telephone line to the surface and he kept ringing them um, to, to tell them his heart rate and um, how he was feeling. But they weren't to give him any clue as to how time was passing. When he came up after what he thought was a month, actually two months had had passed. So his time had slowed down for him. And he, how did he spend his time? He had a, a generator down there. So he had a bit of light and he read uh, he read some of the philosophers and he also wrote about his uh, feelings and so on. But um, he's, he did that three times in his life and, and for ever longer periods. What they also found with him was that he had a 25-hour cycle, not a 24-hour cycle. So slightly longer than you'd expect. Mm. And why is that? And they think it is perhaps because our rhythm responds more directly to the cycle of the moon than it does to the turning of the earth. And the moon is on that 25 hour cycle. And so, uh, 
you know, there's some really intriguing things there to be found out. And you and I should probably return in another podcast to uh, a program that we made together called Biorhythms about exactly that subject, about uh, animal life and uh, how we respond to the, to the lunar cycle. Yes, and not not the least of that was meeting Patrick Moore, who, uh, <laughs> as you say, we should talk about in another another podcast. But we had we had some good fun. A wonderful astronomer, and we stood in his back garden. It has to be time now, though, to return to the subject of this podcast and the question you got from that young eight year old over thirty years ago. I hope he's listening. So, John, the question was: Do spiders sleep? And what is the answer? Well, yes, like everything, they show rhythms that change during the hours of of uh, light and darkness. Of course, a spider is more nocturnal usually, and they are more active at night. So if you define sleep as activity, then certainly spiders sleep. They don't have eyelids. They've got mostly complex eyes. They've got um, eight lenses in most species, six in, in the wolf spiders but they're all fixed lenses. They, they have nothing to cover them, so they could never shut their eyes. But they definitely show periods of activity and periods of restfulness. And it's a useful thing to be able to to do in a spider to uh, I, I often appear to be asleep as it sits up at the edge of a web. Yes, well, as a sit-and-wait predator, they uh, have, are beholden to what comes past, and hopefully they've put their web in a good place, but they might have to stay for, for weeks without any uh, food coming by, and therefore it makes sense to be you know, as sedentary as you can and not waste energy, and that's what they do. They're able to, some species are able to live for almost a year without food. That That is sort of a... You might think of it as a longer term sort of hibernation type sleep, but actually they wake up pretty quickly when food comes. Yeah, even if they're having a wee doze and they're, we're talking about web spiders here, they will be very much in touch with that web, won't they, through their feet? Well, they've got, this, effectively a web is a tripwire. So they're just, they're, they're just dozing, holding a tripwire and that tripwire is going to wake them up and then they're going to quickly go into action and jump on the prey. So there you go. Listener from 38 years ago, spiders do sleep. Sorry it has taken us so long to answer the question, but there you are. Tune in next time.